So today in the church's calendar, this is uh, Letare Sunday, so it's uh, another uh, Latin word for, for joy or rejoicing. And uh, I, one, of the, one of our altar servers asked in the sacristy, why, why is it called that? Why is it called this Rejoicing Sunday? Uh, and I said, well, because it makes most people smile to see the priest walk in dressed like a giant candy floss. And, um, and he said, actually, yeah, now that you mention it, it looks like a kind of a, a granny's skirt, you know, just kind of a bigger... <laughs> Or a granny's curtain, and I stopped him there because it was it, it, it was going the wrong direction. This whole that whole conversation. So I'm not wearing a granny's skirt. Uh, this is a rose vestment, um, which reminds us of the joy of this season. Okay, so the joy, even as I said, as I said earlier, in the season of prayer, fasting, alms, giving this prayer of. of pruning back it's all done so with with the joy of what is to come the joy of our reward the joy of heaven the joy of grace there's all sorts of joys that you can fit in there even the joy of a more blessed life here all everything is made better with the lord everything we do is made better when we do so with the lord our lives in every respect will be better with the Lord. And this is, we've been mentioning this a couple of times in the last couple of weeks, how just typically demonic it is for the enemy to try and make us think that with the Lord, we'll somehow lose out. So it's kind of, yeah, you get heaven in the end, but everything before that is misery. So whoopee do you know it's it's it's, it's like you know you, you it's like you kind of have to pay for heaven to go through a drag yourself through a whole pile of misery and then you eventually get some sort of a reward at the end very it's just a demonic idea to make us doubt that god is actually good that god is actually a loving father and that god's providence is alive and active in every single day of our lives so it's very very important for us to uh to to know god's plan for us and for our lives, even amidst suffering. Now, this is something that it's this 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 is a hard thing to speak about. It's a hard thing to preach about. It's a very very hard thing to live. And, and yet, we we can't really avoid it because <clears throat> if we talk about the joy of our faith, if we talk about the joy of heaven, if we talk about the gift of life, we talk about the gift of children, all these wonderful things that we've been given, and yet at the same time. Parallel to all of that, there is suffering. There, there is death. There are diagnoses of, of, of cancer and, and miscarriages and uh, all sorts of really difficult things. This is part of life as well. So, so we, we can't just be entirely naive and say, you know, once you walk with the Lord, everything is fine, everything is good, and then you go to heaven. We, we, we know that in reality, that's, that's not the case. So there's this kind of, at times, maybe a, an elephant in the room as regards following the Lord, and yet at the same time, how do we reconcile the idea of a good God with the presence of the cross? How do we reconcile the idea of a good God if there's suffering? Surely, if he was good, he'd just make the suffering disappear. So, so why doesn't he? This is, the, this is, this is a very... This is a very sensitive issue to deal with because it affects us all. Uh, it affects every single one of us. Every single one of us will eventually, or if we haven't already, will lose parents, will lose friends. Uh, my uh, grand-aunt was uh, 100 when she died. And it was just very interesting talking to her because, you know, you'd imagine you know, back in the day, or if, you know, people want long life. They want life to be as long as possible. But when you talk to her then, she said, well, everyone I know is gone. Every, even the places I knew, 
are gone. The, the town I grew up in doesn't look anything like it used to. The house I grew up in has been demolished and replaced with a 15-bedroom house for two children, you know. Um, so it, everything, everything is, I don't really want to be here forever. I'm kind of ready to go. Everyone I know is gone. So how then do we, do we, do we pull these ideas together and reconcile them somehow? That God is good and yet, and yet suffering is there. In our gospel today, we see Jesus heal a, a blind man from birth. There are two options for a gospel today, the prodigal son and the blind man from birth. We took the blind man because we uh, did a bit of reflection on, on the, the prodigal son yesterday during our retreat. So, the man blind from birth. Now, in Jewish understanding, illness was a consequence of your sin. You sin, you get punished by illness. That's why... <clears throat> That's why when uh, the blind man says to the Pharisees, uh, this man made a pace, put it on my eyes, and now I can see. So who do you think he is? Um, I think he's a prophet, replied the, the formerly blind man. And, and the Pharisees replied to him, you're trying to teach us, and you a sinner through and through. Why did they call him a sinner? Because he was blind. So if he was blind, he's obviously, been pun- he's obviously done something wrong that God would punish him. Okay, you a sinner through and through since you were born, and they drove him away. Okay, so in Jewish understanding, God was if if you were sick or ill or whatever, if something bad happened to you, this was God punishing you. Now this thought isn't entirely absent from our minds either. If something goes wrong in your life, would you would you find yourself saying, "What did I do to deserve this?" You know, something bad happens. You say, "What? What did I do? What did I do something wrong?" Is God punishing me? This, this, so this thought isn't entirely absent from our minds either. In order to understand the, the, the sense of, of suffering and the meaning of suffering, I think there are two things that we can do. Look, first, look firstly at family life and secondly at the cross. So hopefully we'll get through those today, this morning. Firstly, family <coughs> life. Uh, in family life, parents love their children and they will do anything for their children and if their child was diagnosed with leukemia most good parents that I know would say I'd rather take that on myself than have my child go through it so it's interesting or it's 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 suffering brings out it, suffering gives us the opportunity to love in a way that nothing else will allow us to do it's easy love when everything's good and fine and everyone's perfect and everyone's ideal and that's, that's easy. To love amid suffering, that's a whole new level. And, and parents, they permit, if you will, uh, a certain amount of like, difficulty in their children's lives. And this is all, this is, this is normal, this is, this is good. Like when the children don't want to study and they'd rather play computer games. What will your average good parent say? I know you would be more comfortable playing computer games. This is not good for you. Man up and study. Yeah, but I don't want to. Yeah, grow up. Right? And so they're doing something that's, it's, 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 I mean, don't, don't get me wrong, it's a small cross. It really is. Might be quite big to the child at the time. But you're teaching them to do something that they don't want to do, but, but you know that it's good for them. When they get a bit older then, especially for, for young men, 
when they just want to sit around in their comfortable tracksuits all day, looking at their phones, and there's a lawn to be cut, and rubbish to be put out, and wood to be split, and you will encourage them to do so if they want to sleep in that house ever, ever again. You know, so it's... <laughs> So get out and do something. But I don't want to. It's my day off. It's Saturday. I'm tired. I was doing nothing all week. And now I just need to catch up on Facebook and stuff. <laughs> and you will encourage them to go outside and do something useful with their lives. Okay? So again, it's a small... Again, we're scaling things up. Don't worry. So it's a small little suffering, but to a much greater end. Right? You're trying to teach them to be responsible. Trying to teach them to be hardworking. There may then be occasions when they, they want to train for a hurling team or a rugby team where they're going to get hit hard and often. And they may want to do it and you want to allow them to do it because this is, it's, it's, you know, if they're going to learn to cycle, they're going to fall off. They will fall, that's inevitable. They will fall off their bikes. So what do you want to do? Wrap them in cotton wool or teach them how to roll with these things too? Then there are much bigger challenges that they will come across later on in life when, when marriage starts to, when they're married and, and their marriage starts to get a bit rocky and they're wondering should I stay here at all and you're encouraging them to see it through push on you'll see things will get better oh yes you may have to renounce certain things and yes she may have to renounce certain things but push through these things and you'll see your marriage get stronger learn how to carry this difficulty this dry period this, this suffering and you'll see it teaches you to love like nothing else the Lord only allows a suffering if he can bring a greater good out of it again it's something that's very very easy to say much much harder to live but it's the truth he only allows a suffering if he can bring a greater good out of it this is true for me it was true for the, the, the blind man here in the gospel he only allows a suffering if he can bring a greater good out of it so like what is the greatest good that God wants for any of us heaven eternal life okay so even though we may have to go through and we will have to go through some sufferings here they will end they will the suffering here will end eternal life will not so when we look at family life and we see how, how good parents allow like little, little sufferings in, in in their children's lives for the greater good of them being independent uh, mature responsible human beings it's it's an indication to us as to how or why god would allow sufferings in order to teach us to love that we're ready for heaven. This, this, is, this, is, this is hard. I, I know this is, I know this is a difficult thing to say, but this, this is real. If we, if, we, if we miss this, there'll always be this kind of underlying doubt as to whether God is good or not. Sometimes when we're doing retreats, uh, some of the students might ask, you know, if God is good, why does he allow suffering? And I remember once uh, giving this answer, just, this answer just came to mind. And I said, look, if you had a, a son or a daughter and they were outside playing football and they came in with a bad pain in their hip and they said, Janie, Mom, I've got this absolute pain. But it's kind of inside my leg. There's something, there's something wrong. And Mom says, look, it'll be okay, it'll be okay. Rest it up, you'll be fine, you'll be fine. The following day, it's still, it's still very, very tender and can't put weight on it. Bring him to the doctor and you discover that there's a, there's a tumour there. So a little seven-year-old Jack of yours, uh, you realise that, that 
things are quite serious. He's got a tumor in his leg. So the specialist says, um, this has actually gone quite far. And uh, we, we can't save the leg. So I, I asked the, the students then, you as that child's mom, you as that child's dad, would you sign the form giving permission to have your child's leg amputated? And nine times out of ten, the students say, well, yeah, of course. And then you turn the question back on them, like we do to God. Why would you do something so cruel? Why would you allow your child's leg to be cut off? Why would you do that? Then they get kind of defensive and say, well, because I want to save the child's life. Exactly. Exactly. The Lord allows sufferings in our lives because nothing else will teach us to love. Not like we need to be able to love. Nothing else will teach us to love like the cross. Nothing. And so he allows these things not because he's cruel, but because he actually loves us. Again, I know these things are easy to say, much, much harder to live. But if God is good, then he cannot allow these things. He cannot just forget about us and allow these things to happen because he doesn't care. That just doesn't make sense with everything else that God has done. So every time we look at the cross, we see the, the greatest example of how suffering is transformed into love. How something so cruel and bad and wrong is changed into an actual blessing for us and for all mankind. So this, this works. In, in, in God's divine mind, he knows how this works. We don't, we don't really, obviously, like when we're down here with our limited view and our limited understanding of things, bottom line, we don't like suffering. We don't. But we cannot allow that, that repugnance of suffering to allow us to doubt God's goodness to cause us to doubt God's goodness, then we've, we've, missed, we've missed the point of everything. We've missed the point of his, of his providence, of what he allows, of what he gives, of what he takes away. The Lord does know what he's doing, even if we don't. Do you believe in the Son of Man? Jesus asks the blind man. Sir, the man replied, Tell me who he is, so that I might believe in him. Jesus said, you're looking at him. He's speaking to you. Do we believe in the Lord's goodness? Do we believe in the Lord's providence? Do we believe that as, as a loving parent, his gaze always rests on us? Do we believe that? Maybe there's room for improvement there. You are looking at him. He is speaking to you. The man said, Lord, I believe. And worshipped him. Dear brothers and sisters, let us, let us learn from, from this gospel. Let us learn from this man. To respond to suffering with worship. To respond to suffering with trust. To respond to suffering with love. And then we will see, when the dust settles and when time passes, we will see how this has taught us to love like nothing else. So we ask the Lord Jesus 
to renew our faith, renew our trust in him, that all might be returned to glorify our heavenly and loving Father. Amen.